Thank you for joining me. My name is Ron Sisko, and this is Focus. Welcome back. We're talking about empathy today. Empathy is such an interesting structure. We acknowledge it exists. It's something that we can't measure necessarily, but we know it's a deciding factor. It determines whether or not someone is suitable for certain things. We look at empathy as a weakness or a strength, depending on the application. And that's kind of what I want to acknowledge right here. Empathy is looked at as a weakness in general use. And I'm not sure that that's a great idea. Empathy, empathy is second-guessing yourself when you're sure you should go on, but you want to make sure you're considering all the bases. Empathy is an important tool that helps us relate to other people. We can take empathy and say, I understand where you're coming from. I understand what you're going through. I understand how can I help you. Empathy is something we can ignore when it comes to making decisions, closing down someone's business, repossessing their property. Empathy is something that politicians will look or overlook depending on the situation. That's how they relate to the people. Empathy is also the tool with which we can empower people who feel like they're missing something. And what an incredible tool that is. It's amazing how many tools we have available to us, but empathy is so important. Public speaking, I think, is my favorite example of, of a situation where someone's empathy can help you get so far. Empathy is the attention. It doesn't necessarily have to be a relationship. Empathy is feeling what another person feels. And to say, I, I've been in that situation. I know where you're coming from. Can lead to so much support. To give someone a platform, an opportunity. You've been here. How can you help me? What advice can you offer me? What an incredible thing. Empathy is also a scary, empathy is also a scary, scary feeling. Looking at something through someone's shoes is such a scary thing to do. You, you don't have your own footing. You don't know what your situation is. You don't know how you feel when you start feeling what someone else is feeling. You don't know where you begin and they end. And yet, if we don't utilize that tool we stop communicating. Communication is a two-way street. It comes back and forth. I speak, you listen. Hopefully you'll speak back and I'll listen to you. It doesn't have to be vocally. It could be through a comment or a tweet or an email. The results of that don't necessarily have to be positive. But without a two-way stream of communication, all we have is someone barking at another person. And if I can't update you with how I feel, and you can't listen, or you can't update me with how you feel, or how I've made you feel, and I can't listen, then it's lost. The empathy is meaningless. One of the interesting conversations I've had fairly recently was with uh, a couple of friends of mine. We were just kind of chatting about, actually, this podcast and, and the subjects coming up. I mentioned empathy as being an episode that I wanted to cover, and we talked about situational empathy, and I find that such an interesting concept. Empathy, I don't feel, should be situational. It, it shouldn't be a set of rules where we determine whether or not we can feel like another person. Again, it can be viewed as a sign of weakness, but that's such a mistake to feel for another person or an animal, I guess. 
why is that ever a weakness? In the conversation we were having, I mentioned the situation in Las Vegas of the woman who attempted to pay for a manicure with a stolen credit card. And then when she attempted to leave, the owner or the person who had done her nails attempted to stop the vehicle with her body and unfortunately lost her life. And it's such an interesting thing that we can feel empathy toward that situation. We hear about that situation and we think that's such a terrible thing. This woman was just trying to do her job and she lost her life. And it helps us feel for that person and their family and, and it helps us direct feelings towards the other person in, involved in the incident. I want to preface this by saying what that person did was not right. It's not right to try to pay for anything with a stolen credit card. It's not right to run out when that's not working and then attempt to drive away. But if you use that same tool, that same empathy, which again, some people can look at this as a weakness. If you can say, stepping into her shoes, she's had drug problems. She's had other issues with stolen credit cards. She lives in Las Vegas. She wanted a manicure. She went to get a manicure thinking that the stolen credit card she had was going to work fine. And then when it didn't, she attempted to leave. And then the moment happened. And that person stood in front of her car and she ran her down. And it's interesting to think about that because we look at that situation and we think, how could you ever run over someone with your car? Why would that ever be acceptable? It's not. It's not acceptable. But we also don't really understand how dangerous that is, thanks to the media, movies specifically. Because how many times in movies have you seen someone hit someone else with a car and then they just walk away? Maybe limp away if it's a little more realistic. How often did that person die? We don't, we don't see that. That doesn't happen, especially not on television. And so this person probably looked at that situation and said, I'm just going to run her over. And then when she falls off the side of the car, she might be a little hurt, but I'll be fine. And she killed her. And what a, what a terrible loss of life. And I'm not saying that we should be any more easy on that person. But what I'm saying is em empathy is a tool here where by looking at the situation from the perspective of the person, even if it's something that we find absolutely abhorrent because I find the death of that person abhorrent, we can use that tool and, and kind of get an insight to what that person might be thinking instead of just immediately shutting down and saying, what a monster. That person, they don't deserve to live. We can, we can at least understand where were they coming from? Where, where were they going? Why would they ever do something like that? We can understand each other. That's such an extreme example, but it's something I kind of wanted to use to get, get you thinking. If you, if you can understand the position, and again, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to, <laughs> agreeing with it doesn't mean that you think running people over is a good idea or a satisfying conclusion, regardless of how safe you think that might have been for the other person. But use that tool and think, I, I understand. I can, I can understand how the sequence of events transpired. That this person didn't mean to hurt the other person, then they did, and they should pay a penalty for that. You can never take back the loss of life. But I understand where she was coming from. I want to know how we can prevent that in the future.
Now it's a tool. Empathy is also used as a tool in other ways, especially politically. We look at political ads all the time, and sometimes, and I want to make a major distinction here, sometimes it's empathy. Sometimes it's, it's about health care. Something I believe in. I'm not trying to force politics down your throat, but I'm going to use this as an example. Healthcare is easy to, to ignore when you have a phenomenal healthcare plan and your family's covered and your deductible's reasonable and nobody has cancer or, or diabetes or AIDS. But it's also really easy to identify with when you hear about a family who's done everything right and they've paid their bills and they've gone to school and paid their dues and, and done everything the way they were supposed to. And then cancer strikes and it puts them $300,000 in debt. The small business owner is, is, I think, the one person we are always forced to empathize with in, in the midst of all these political campaigns, especially. We look at that person as a, a self-starter, someone who's pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. And, and we don't look at whether or not they have to pay too much in taxes or what the healthcare costs are, because we don't understand that world. We just look at these are the penalties that affect that person. It's a tool. It's, it's something that they're utilizing to help you to relate to their position. Not necessarily what their beliefs are, but what their position is. I think it's also important to recognize the difference between empathy and the fear of something happening to you. It's different to say, wow, that's awful. As with the family who was stricken with, with the disease like cancer and ended up with $300,000 in debt. That's, that's a position where you can empathize with that. You can say, that's, that's a terrible thing. I don't know what I would do. And then when they turn it around, that's where things become, it's almost a violent turn of that tool. Look at what happened to this family. $300,000 in debt. They can't work. And it could happen to you. That is the difference between empathy and the fear of something happening to you. And I think when we look at the base of, of, of some sort of explanation, the best of us come from when we look at feeling for other people. And the worst of us comes from when we're afraid of something happening to us. It's such a fine line to feel scared but empowered. To feel like this could happen to me but I can make a difference. And it's such a fine line to compare that to this is happening to other people but I can't help. Empathy, empathy with the different wording is a weapon. You have to be careful about how you apply it. You can't use empathy as a guilt trip. Empathy is a one-way street. This is what's happening. This is how I would feel in that situation. Not, this is what's happening. This is how you should feel if you'd be in this situation. Be careful with that. Be careful with how you use empathy. Be careful with how other people use empathy on you. It doesn't stop at political ads. Look at how many advertisements you've seen. Oh my God, YouTube is so full of them now. Thanks to YouTube's new algorithm, and I'm not monetized, so I don't worry about it. But thanks to YouTube's new algorithm, ads are so hard to come by that now we have everyone sponsored by someone. And listening to those ads now, it's no longer, well, it never has been. But to have someone 
that you you like because if you're watching YouTube you've 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 learned to identify with someone to agree with someone to feel for someone there's a very personal relationship with what happens on YouTube versus with what happens on TV and that person says this is something that I've been doing for myself I'm with I'm with such and such company and because of them I've had all of these things in my life and you can too look at what you've been missing out on that's not empathy You're, you've had it forced on you you're now afraid you're supposed to be made afraid of the life you're having versus the life that you can have with this new product now I want to go out and say that there's nothing wrong with wanting to monetize your content I feel like product sponsorship makes a lot of sense I don't want to knock it. I would love to try it. But it's also important for us to be mindful. You can't be in charge of the messages that you receive. You can't say, I am not going to listen to this kind of content because we're bombarded by it. At the grocery store, at, on TV, on the internet, on my Gmail box. I get ads at the top of my email feed relating to the things that people have said to me. This is a, a notion that I've just become comfortable with at, over time. Facebook, oh my God, the integrated Facebook ads. Your friends participate in Facebook ads. Your friends say, look at what you could have, and they tag you in it. Your friends post videos of puppies being rescued. Your friends post videos of awful things happening. And it's supposed to incite some sort of reaction. Someone else on the other side of that is just looking for the views, looking for the attention, looking for the traffic. It's supposed to create a reaction inside of you. And sometimes it's empathy. Sometimes it's a photo series about euthanizing your pets. Sometimes it's about an awful thing that happened in the street that could happen in your neighborhood. What's the reaction you're looking for? You're going to absorb that content. But I'm not saying that we'll ever be free of it or that you changing your mind about it will ever free us of it. But it can, the awareness can change your reaction. The person on the other end trying to get a reaction from you no longer gets to define what your reaction is when you're aware of it. Be thoughtful. Be mindful. Think about it for yourself. And I find it interesting that I brought up Facebook. I'm just kind of riffing here. Empathy creates networks. Empathy helps us bond together. We don't stay friends with people we don't relate to. And that's a sad fact. It doesn't necessarily have to be an emotional relationship. It could be work. It could be some sort of community that you've involved yourself in. Sports. There's, there's something that you feel along with someone else that brings you together. Empathy helps you become a part of something else. Helps you bond with other people. I find it so fascinating when people say to, to, to me or to the, the television or to the internet, you know, I remember when the world used to be so much more respectful. And that same person says all kinds of awful things about other people. And I think about... How is it that that person can feel that way about other people, but still expect other people to respect them? Empathy. They don't have empathy for those other people. And it's not that they haven't been taught to, but they've probably been taught not to. Empathy can help us create networks with each other. And they don't have to have limitations. It can be something as simple as being human.
but we dehumanize each other. You're a Packers fan. Oh, you like the Nintendo Wii U, huh? You drive a Ford? We find gates to put down on everyone. And it's funny because we'll find a gate for everything. We, we, there's a tribalism built into our societies. There's, a, there's a, a need for us to separate ourselves from other groups of people so that it'll bring us in tighter because we relate to something. How important a tool that is. Not just to help someone feel the way you do or to help get your message across, but just to be closer. You want to find respect, find empathy. Find a way to help yourself relate to a fellow human being, someone you don't know, someone you don't innately like. Find, find a connection. See what happens. It's amazing the, the difference between just separating yourself and attempting to build a bridge. What, what happens to your relationship with people? I find myself in a really interesting position. Um, I love everyone. And I'm not saying you have to be this way. I'm just telling you how I feel. I love everyone. Everyone on the planet is to me so important. Not necessarily unique. Not necessarily beautiful. But important. Your existence is important to someone. And that's important to someone else. And we're all important to someone and it makes us so important. The word of importance. And where does that importance come from? It comes from our connection to other people. I love everyone because everyone in the world somewhere helps someone be happy, helps someone smile, helps someone find footing in the world. Even if you feel alone, there's someone out there who loves you and their world isn't right without you. And I love all of you for it, even when I'm angry. That's the joke. I love everyone until I meet them. I don't have to love everyone. And it's hard to. But I, I made that change in myself because I know how I feel. I know it's too easy to give in to, to hate. Not just hate. Hate seems so extreme, but that's what it is. It's, it's a criticism. It starts with a criticism. Your hair is stupid. You're fat. You drive the wrong car. You wear the wrong clothes. It always starts at this small place and it, and it blooms into something else where you decide that that person is a part of a group of people that you don't like. I've now taken my dislike for a single person and applied it to an entire group of people. And that's not fair. Now it's funny to joke about. I love, I love the humor. But when you really feel that way deep down, who can you relate to? Can't you alienate everyone? We could all love together. And that sounds so hippy-dippy, and, and I'm sure if anybody's listening to this that doesn't agree with it, they'll, they'll uh, accuse me of being a liberal snowflake, and, and maybe you're right. But what a difference it makes to, on your worldview just to, say, just to say it. You don't even have to believe it at first. You say it. I love everyone. What does it make you feel? I love everyone. At first, it makes you feel like a liar. I love everyone. You say it enough times, I love everyone. And you're like, wait, do I love everyone? And then how much easier is it for you to relate to other people later? I love everyone. I love you. You who are listening. You who aren't listening. 
I love all of you. And because of that, I can empathize with you. It's a one-way street, and it's a scary one. It changes the way you feel and the way you think. It changes the way you process information. It makes you second-guess all of the things you thought were right. I want to challenge you to do something, and it's not to love everyone, but say it. At first, don't mean it if you don't mean it. Just say it. Look yourself in the mirror, because you're part of everyone. Say, I love everyone. Smile. Smile when it's not possible for you to smile. I love everyone. Understand how important everyone is. All how important the people in your life are. How ignorable those people are to other people. Love them for what's missing from other people. I love everyone. Extend that love. See how you feel. Give it a couple of weeks, a couple of months, the rest of your life. And go boldly. Back to Star Trek. Feel empathy. Feel for other people. That's never a weakness. Don't let anybody tell you it's a weakness. It's a tool. Thank you for listening. I'm Ron Sisko. This is Focus. Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find me at patreon.com slash focusbysisko or focusbysisko.com. This message was for you and you alone. And if you feel like sharing it with someone, make sure you share it because you loved it, not because you think someone else should hear it. I'll see you when the plot requires it. And until next time, be excellent to each other.